Good morning, everyone. This is Linda Santavica on Pressing Beyond. Many of us focus on one goal, career, or passion, whereas some of us are prone to pursue many endeavors. As with John Stanko, who was and is a pastor, author, teacher, speaker, and consultant. As founder of Purpose Quest, a leadership and development company, John travels the world to speak to and inspire leaders and other professionals. He has written over 60 books, so it makes sense to say that John is also the founder of publishing house Urban Press. He spent an extensive amount of time in Africa for ministry and continues to do so. Very educated, John holds a bachelor's and a master's in economics, earned his doctorate in pastoral ministries from Liberty Theological Seminary and completed his second doctorate of ministry at Reform Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Pittsburgh. And in all of that, he is married and has two adult children and is a grandfather to two grandchildren. Good morning, John. Well, good morning, Linda, and good morning to all your uh, listeners, uh, or whenever they happen to be listening. It's great to join all of you today. I can't wait to talk about this. Now, we'd love to hear what you're doing now in regards to your speaking, your teaching, and all the things that you're currently doing. Well, thank you, Linda. And you had mentioned that my uh, organization is Purpose Quest. About 30 years ago, uh, 1991, I started teaching on helping people find their life purpose. Mm-hmm. I like to say I stumbled on that message because I thought I was going to do it uh, once for a seminar. And uh, I turned out more than a thousand times in 42 countries because uh, I discovered that everybody has a purpose. And I, when I found mine, I determined that I was going to go out and try and help other people find theirs. Little did I think that three decades later, I would still be doing it and that my life would be given to serving and disseminating that message. So it's opened a lot of doors for me, Linda, closed a lot of doors too. And one of them was years after I found that message, I was pastoring and just found I was unhappy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and how, how could I be unhappy with pastoring? But Sundays were just a miserable day for me. You know, eventually I had a I had a job offer to travel and organize conferences, and uh, part of my own purpose expression was to just recognize uh, not only who I was but who I wasn't. So I've always kept a foot in ministry. I have been on uh, church staffs, but I pursued a lot of under other interests, as you said in the introduction. And so uh, today, those have turned into uh, business-wise multiple streams of revenue, but also purpose-wise multiple expressions of one common purpose, which for me is to create order out of chaos. And I'm always creating, I'm always looking at new things. God seems to bring them to me. I help uh, structure them and then it's time to move on to other things. So those uh, involve uh, teaching. I, uh, for many years, taught for Geneva College in, in Western Pennsylvania urban inner city program, uh, had adults coming back to school to get their associate degrees. And, and now I teach for Ottawa University online and in person. Ottawa is, many people think is in Canada and Ottawa is, but Ottawa University yeah, is, sure. in, is in Kansas. 
I have two companies, a for-profit called Purpose Quest Inc. And through that, I do some speaking, some consulting, and I also put my publishing company under that banner called Urban Press. I have, as you said, again, in the introduction, I've written a number of books. And in 2014, I left a church position to start Urban Press because I wanted to help people know the joy of holding a published project in our hands. That also gave me sort of an outlet to be publishing my own material while I was helping other people publish there. So Urban Press has been around since then, and we've done projects for people in Kenya and Nigeria and working on one in Zimbabwe right now and South Africa right now. And just (laughs) interviewed just a few minutes ago, somebody in Sweden for a a book we're putting together. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, That's, you know, John, I I just want to backpedal a little little bit because as you know, Pressing Beyond, the premise of the podcast is for people who have pressed beyond their obstacles and challenges to you know, reach their calling and live out their true purpose. But in your case, what I appreciate, you just kept trying all the things that you were really invested in. And like you said, a closed door led you to something else. But what I'm really interested in is you spent an extensive amount of time and you still do in Africa, in particular, Kenya. What brought you to Africa at the start and what keeps you going back? I found in 1993, when I was working for Integrity Music, they sent me to South Africa. And when I got there, I I found purpose. Uh, I, I found that in many ways I came home. So when I landed, I could still see myself looking out the window in Johannesburg and seeing the red clay of of South Africa, the red dirt, and just sensing that I was going to be going back there again and again and again. And that has really played out, you know, over those, uh, these last 28 years. My purpose, again, is to create order out of chaos. And the chaos can be confusion, Linda, but it's more often potential. And so Africa has huge potential. I mean, they, they, they have everything, but resources. And in some cases, some training, but they're highly spiritual, very educated people, very literate. My friends in South Africa speak eight languages. And I found that they needed help being released from some of their own limited thinking Mm -hmm. and they needed some resources. And so I just kept going back, not just for what I could do, but also for what I got, because That's every time I, I land on the continent, I sense a spiritual connection. And if I can share in 2008, I, I up till that point, my travels in Africa had mostly been as a speaker and a conference speaker, a consultant. And one day in 2008, I was meditating or praying, and I just had this thought about Africa where I was concerned. The thought was, you're nothing but a hired gun. You just go where you get something. And, you know, and I kind of wrestled with that, Linda, because I wasn't getting paid to do it. I was going around and responding to needs or invitations. Mm-hmm. But I, the more I meditated on it, the really I, the more I saw that I was not giving all that I could to the people to help them. And it was then that I made some significant changes to stop being a just a conference speaker. And I started to take teams with me. 
Uh, we started to build uh, relationships with orphanages, with churches, with community development organizations, people I learned to admire and trust. And, and I really saw what they needed. And instead of me coming in and giving them what I thought they needed, they started telling me what they did need. And one of them, for give you an example, was I was at a, a book signing reception for my Kenya publisher. It wasn't one of my books, but there was a cabinet level officer there, uh, just uh, kind of mixing with us and making comments. And he said that night, help us start libraries. Now, I had heard Africans weren't that interested in reading, mm -hmm. but that was my cultural imposition on them. They just didn't have books. Right. So I started bringing, so, you know, uh, like a duffel bag of books. And I mean, people devoured them. They, can you get us more? And so that led to me doing book drives here and going through a lot of hassle and trouble to ship containers of books over there. And now, and I didn't ask for this to happen, there are Stanko libraries popping up all over Kenya because the people love to read. They just didn't have any book. You know, what's extraordinary to me. You built relationships with the people of Africa. They communicated to you their needs. You stepped up to the plate and took action. Now you have all these Stanko libraries, but isn't there the Stanko Academy? Or yes, one of our partners has a school and we would always visit with our teams and we would spend a day and play with the children and teach the children and, and have Bible study with the children. And so one night they were in a land lease dispute with their landlord. And one night the authorities came in and ransacked the school. And they were devastated. And they wrote me and I put the word out to some of the people who had been to Africa, to Kenya with me. And we raised some money and uh, they moved to another site and rebuilt the school. And they kept telling me, when you come over, we have a surprise for you. And so I thought, oh, what's this? So when I got over, they unveiled the Dr. Stanko Academy, which is K through eight school just on the outskirts of Nairobi. Now the the thing, Linda, is this school had 20 or 25 orphans in it that, was, that stayed in one home, that were under one family's care, and the orphans would sleep in the classrooms. Oh, wow. And so one Christmas, we raised money, and we got them all new bunk beds. But I went over, and there is this orphan sleeping in the upper bunk about six inches away from a metal roof in one of the classrooms. And so during the pandemic last year, I put out the word, Let, let's, their lease is up again on property. We don't want to go through what we've gone through again. And people were so generous. And uh, we've now bought a, a new parcel of land. Lord willing, uh, in the next few days, I should be going over there. I've seen pictures, but I'll get to stand on it. And we're going to build not just a new school, but we're going to build a separate orphanage. I don't want the kids anymore sleeping, sleeping in, in the, the classrooms. classrooms. Yeah. But, you know, it's, I determined back in 2008 when I was wrestling with my hired gun revelation that, that I couldn't save all of Kenya, that mm -hmm. I couldn't save and I couldn't help most of it. So our strategy became to help a few. Absolutely. Yeah. I firmly believe that to save the multiples, you start with one. And it does trickle out because what you're doing is extraordinary. You're blessing people left and right. And it does. It starts out with just a few. Your story very much reminds me of, was it Mueller 
who started the orphanage way back when. Yeah. He just knew he had a need there. He wanted to meet that need. And just like you're doing, I think it's amazing. And they love books. Speaking of which, I want to talk about Urban Press. You've been writing so much. I mean, you have these wonderful postings. You have a blog. You've written so much about purpose, but you have definitely established that with everything that you've been gifted with. So your time is divvied up between here in Pittsburgh and in Africa. I mean, you spend a significant amount of time there. I do. Uh, you know, COVID obviously put a crimp in that, uh, but the year the pandemic hit, I think I had uh, six or seven trips planned to Africa, not just to Kenya, but the, the book we're doing in South mm-hmm. Africa. And so next year, I've got plans for Zimbabwe for wow. two or three visits to Kenya. My first visit to Kenya, I want to swing through South Africa and finalize this book that we've been working on, which is a fascinating story of a pastor who's been a member of parliament there and was a contemporary of Nelson Mandela. And the stories he tells Linda are just, I mean, they give you goosebumps when you hear them of, of history being made and he was there. And I just determined that I wasn't gonna be fearful. I wasn't gonna hold back that if opportunities arose, I wasn't going to find reasons why I couldn't do them, but look for all the reasons and count on God's help to be able to do them. So far, it's worked out pretty well. Yeah, well, this is the kind of prayer that God answers. I truly believe that when we reach out to help others. Okay, so with Urban Press, you have cranked out some wonderful books, but I like your latest book. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm holding holding it in my hands right now. Blue Guitar, The Sound and Look of Creativity. And I've had a chance to read some of the entries and they're amazing. The poems, the short stories, the essays, everything is just absolutely. But, and I'm looking at page 83. You have here a wonderful article, Monogram Miracles. Yes. By Linda Santavica. So... When you asked me to contribute to the book, you explained the idea. You know, I read through the contract and everything. But when I got the finished copy in the mail, beyond my expectations. Well, that's good to hear. Well, I mean, you're only as good as your authors. And so thank you. You're in there with seven Kenyans, with somebody from the UK and from, uh, I think, another 13 or 14 US authors. And and Linda, I wanted people, again, if they didn't have enough for a whole book, I wanted people to get a taste of publishing. It Mm -hmm. it is addictive. I call it creative leukemia, you know, it it gets in your blood and there's absolutely no cure and you don't want a cure. Well, no, because it's a a wonderful outlet. I just find writing to be, it's so free flowing, you know, with this particular story, even for me, when I did monogram miracles, it's been sitting in my computer forever. And I says, where can I park this story? I didn't just want to blog it in some attempts I've made to get it published elsewhere. And then when you talked about the blue guitar, it says, okay, it found a home. Well, and we're honored and delighted. And of course you contributed that because the proceeds of the sales are going to the yes. uh, Dr. Stanko Academy. And, and, um, and John, but, let me just interject here. I want to make that very clear that all proceeds go to the Stanko Academy in Kenya. Right. One of my prayer 
items during COVID was publishing in Kenya because I have a big following, but I can't be shipping books in. I can't be, you know, so we have actually identified there is a print on demand printer. Uh, It's a ministry in Kenya. I've already got one of our projects from a Kenyan author they are releasing. And when I go over in a few days, I'll be meeting with them. But this is an answer to prayer. When I go into the rural areas and do leadership training, and I give them one of my Bible commentaries, or I give them one of the books that I've written, it's the only thing they have in their library for many of them. This now opens whole new vistas of opportunity Mm -hmm. because, Mm -hmm. uh, again, I learned through the libraries that that Africans love to read. They just don't have the book. I've got the books and and you'll be a part of them that we can now be doing sort of literary missions work Mm -hmm. in in another country. And it's just quite exciting. That is very exciting. And and for anybody, all proceeds go to this Thanko Academy. It's called The Blue Guitar, The Sound and Look of Creativity. And it's edited by John Stanko. You can get it on Amazon. Oh, yes. On Amazon. Very soon. The Kindle will be available. We have to wait about a week in Kindle. But yeah, the uh, paper copy is uh, is live, as we like to say. Great. Now, John, also, too, you're publishing. I mean, there is a lot of writers out there that, you know, they want to publish their work. And we know the publishing universe. It's not easy. But I think your publishing house, a great place for a lot of writers to really park their work. Thank you, Linda. And we've tried to work not exclusively, but to a great extent with first-time authors because it is such a learning experience mm-hmm. and uh, it can be very intimidating. Fear is very real. How much do I share? Too much? Too mm-hmm. little? Mm-hmm. Try to take authors uh, hold by the hand and walk mm-hmm. them through the process. It's really interesting, Linda, that uh, almost everybody who publishes 80, 85%, while they're working on the first book, they're thinking about the second books. Yes. And, and the first book is such a learning process. Yes. You know, it, it's like the old World War One artillery where they would fire it, then they'd have to have binoculars and uh, back it up <laughs> too far, too far, uh, too far yeah. to the right. So the first book is, you know, I think the next time I'll make it shorter, I'll make it longer, different right. cover, I'll mm-hmm. do shorter chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to walk people through. And even I have a phrase saying, I try to massage their expectations. I like that. I had one woman quit their, her job. She published a little booklet. It was it was a seven dollar booklet. She quit her job because she was convinced she was going to sell twenty five thousand. I hope she does, but in all probability, she's not. And writing has to be a part of a communication philosophy. There aren't many people out there who make their living from writing. They right. are out there, but they're few. And I mean, it's a doable dream, but it's far reaching. Exactly. And, you know, I was 10 years ago or about, uh, Linda, I was uh, planning to the Lord saying, you know, I'm not selling many books. And this thought came back through my mind. Who said you have to sell them? That's right. I mean, they're what a resource, what a tool. So yeah. I met with a couple last night, had a, had a purpose coaching session at an Eaton Park, and I took three books and gave them those yeah. books. And they were really blessed to get them. Well, and I always feel too, you write something and three people read it and got something out of it. You changed three people's lives. Yeah. May take on a life of its own in mm-hmm. 10 years or after we're gone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, writing is very much a faith venture. And I, I like to tell people, Linda, Bird doesn't sing because it has a contract. 
because it has an agent or because it has an audience. A bird sings because that's what birds do. You love doing something. You, you're doing it for pure joy. So what is your website? You have two websites, don't you? I do. I have uh, Purpose Quest, one word, no dashes or dots, PurposeQuest, Q-U-E-S-T dot com. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is my general work and ministry site and uh, lots of videos. My first book was Life is a Gold Mine. Can you dig it? So the five principles are purpose, creativity, goal setting, time management, and faith. Then for Urban Press, it is www.urbanpress.us. People can go there and tell them, go, go meet our authors, and you will see pictures of people who look exactly like you. They'll see the quality of work that we do uh, for our cover designs. Wonderful. And I'm helping one author today set up his own publishing. And because he's in the health field and I think he doesn't need, you know, urban press on his books, he needs his own. And so we're very open. I think that's the ethos that Aristotle talked about in communication. Uh, He said there are three aspects. There's logos, which is the information. There's pathos, which is the enthusiasm. And there's ethos, which, you know, we get our word ethics, but ethos and communication is bigger than that. It's credibility. It's the moral authority that somebody has when they are making a statement, uh, because they can have all the passion and all the information, but if they're not credible, if people don't like them, if they perceive something negative, then they're not going to receive that information. So, Well, John, you are for sure a man of purpose. Personally, I can't wait to hear what goes on with you when you get over there to Kenya and you come back with more stories and you'll be writing more about them. No question. Yeah. And I'm on Facebook every day, as you know. That's right. My, again, my if, if I get fresh bread, I want to put it out there for people to eat while it's fresh, not what. That's right. Fresh out of the oven. That's All it. right, That's John. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Linda, for the opportunity. And uh, Uh, My best to you and to all your uh, listeners and just challenge them to be uh, the fullest, best expression of who they were created to be. Amen to that. Thank you, John. 